What is up, Creative Hustlers? This is your host, the one and only creator, Jules, and we are back with season two of the Creative Hustlers podcast, where we help you make money doing what you love, whatever creative thing that may be. This is episode one, Lessons Learned. So I'm going to go ahead and answer your burning question. Jules, why are we talking about lessons learned and what is it, what, what is that? So lessons learned is something that I learned back in my first days of learning business. Lessons learned is an organization system that helps people figure out from point A to point Z of what they need to do on a project to make it successful. Um, you'll hear about project managers in every different industry. Basically, their whole job is to make sure that deadlines are met and the project is going off without a hitch. And if there is a problem, they fix that problem, whether it's, uh, you know, they can't get a certain material or they're looking, you know, somebody is just late on the job, maybe somebody's sick, they have to readjust the project. Um, lessons learned is something that comes at the very tail end of projects. And what you usually do is you look at the entire project and say, you know, I liked this, I wish this happened, or I wonder. I like, I wish, I wonder. So that's why we're calling this episode Lessons Learned, because we are looking back over the last year, not only of the podcast, but of How to Be Social, of my personal life, and saying, you know, I liked this, I wish I could have done this better, and I wonder what if we did this next time. So before we hop into the lessons learned of specifically the podcast, I'd love to tell you a little bit more about what personally has been going on in my life, and how to be social. And honestly, this is kind of awkward because I don't really like to talk about this that much with people, and I feel like just a bunch of random people on the internet, a bunch of random creatives are going to hear this, and that's okay because you know what? I think it's really, really important to be authentic and to share where you're at so that other people don't feel alone or siloed. So with that being said, taking it back to probably around this time last year, it's like November, it's been almost exactly a year, I decided to take How to Be Social from just an organization that did events to a full-blown talent agency. Originally, I wanted to create a software, but every investor that I talked to or every developer I talked to told me it was going to be about twenty or 30000 in order to achieve that goal, which is totally fine. I could have figured it out. But I just realized, what if I just did it really simple at first and did connecting uh, our creative talent to these companies that need it? So that's what I did. And I actually made How to Be Social an agency. So let me just tell you, I never, ever wanted to have an agency. (laughs) I think that a lot of people look at me and are like, oh, wow, she's so impressive. She built her own agency. And To be quite honest, I never wanted to have one. My first experience working in an agency was that the people in the agency got taken advantage of, the contractors got taken advantage of, and I just didn't want that connotation around my business. And I think that a lot of small agencies have to do really tough and rough things, uh, not to rhyme or to be Dr. Seuss, but... I get it. I totally get it because now I've done it, right? I've been running my agency for a year and it hasn't been super, super easy. But with that being said, I never wanted to have an agency in the first place. And I think that was mistake number one on my part is that I was trying to please the people that I was working with and just try to label it something, name it something, because I just needed to help people understand what I was doing so that I could sell the concept. Um, now I realize that that was me compromising on what I really wanted for the sake of others. And so that was one of my lessons learned this last year. I wish I hadn't given up so much of myself to make others happy. I wish I would have stuck to my guns and just plowed through with what I wanted. 
So moving the story forward, we did some really great and incredible things right off the bat. We got a deal with a Virgin Hotels. We were doing some really cool content creation work. Um, but then another thing happened that I didn't really like. We started picking up marketing clients. And at the time, it was needed. We needed the money. We needed to be able to have a couple of clients under our belt so that we could pay everybody's salary on a month-to-month basis. Um, what I realized, though, is that I hate marketing. I actually had a couple of marketing clients. I was a solo entrepreneur, and I'm great at it. I understand it. It makes total sense to me, but I have no desire to execute on other people's behalves. And so what I started doing was building a team and teaching them how to do it. So it took me out of the execution and I didn't have to execute the social media or the PR campaign. I could just teach other people how to do it. They were learning, they were getting paid, yada, yada, yada. Well, the problem with that was is that it took me out of the content creation process as well. And so I wasn't being creative. And while I love being a manager and I love you know, training and teaching people, I was missing a huge part of who I was. And I think that that was another mistake on my part. You know, I, I like, you know, managing and training, but I wish I wouldn't have given up all my time to do that because it was literally from the moment I woke up to the moment I went to bed, I was either training and managing someone or I was doing sales. And I never signed up for either of those roles, but I guess you kind of sign up for everything when you become a CEO and a agency owner, you just kind of give it up. Um, one of the things that I also really realized as we were kind of building the company and trying to make things work is that, you know, it takes a lot of people to make certain things happen, but at the same time, you don't need everybody to make something happen. What I wish I would have done looking back now is I wish I would have kept my staff small and just kept paying people more rather than trying to grow the team. I think that there is this, what is, what is the right word? I think that there is, Hmm, I can't think of the word, but basically there is like this false narrative that in order to be a good CEO, to be a successful CEO, that you need to have a big team and that you need to have hundreds of people working for you. And that's just not true. You know, I was really repping the fact I was like, you know, we have about eight people in our team. We have 30 people. Da, 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 da. And, and I was I so proud to tell people that but reality, I would have kept the team small and just paid the people that have been loyal to me more. Because at the end of the day, I don't give a shit about titles or what people want to call me, whether it's CEO or janitor. I just wanted to make everybody on my team happy. And I guess that's another one of my faults is that I think a lot of people saw me and saw the opportunity and they latched on to me. And I let people latch because I have a tendency to want to take care of others. Then COVID hit. COVID took a huge toll on our business because we were trying to get paid XYZ for what we were doing and people were not paying XYZ for what we were doing at the time. Business really slowed down and there just wasn't as big of an opportunity to make money for a couple of months there. And for a business in its first year, that was kind of detrimental. Like there wasn't a month that could go by where we just didn't have work because I still had to pay people's salary. And yeah, I had savings and I had saved up for this opportunity but it definitely wasn't enough for me to be going months on end without having any work. So about two months goes by and there's really nothing, maybe some small gigs here and there, but not enough. And so I had to tell everybody, hey, I'm moving everybody to billable hours and hopefully in the future we can go back to salary. 
But right now, just with the way things are, we have to be billable hours. And honestly, that is one of the best things that could have ever happened to me. When everybody got moved to billable hours, a couple of things happened. The people that weren't really there for the vision and the mission dropped off. The stress of having to provide for eight other people every two weeks dropped off. God bless. Um, and it allowed the people that were really serious about the mission and vision to stay around and to stay consistent. And so I'm really, really grateful for all the team members that did end up staying. But I am really grateful that I'm not in a position where I'm constantly stressed out about, oh, are we going to make payroll? Are we going to make payroll? Having billable hours, especially when you're first starting out, is not anything to be ashamed of. I think I was ashamed of it because that's how I was paid when I worked in my first agency. But to be fair, they weren't honest and upfront. They said, hey, this is a full-time job. You need to be in the office for full-time. But they weren't paying us full-time. They were like paying us like maybe 20 to 30 hours. And that was just ridiculous. So you know, honesty, integrity in the workplace is really, really important. And that was one thing that I can say that I always did really well is that I was always honest with everybody about where we were at and, and what they could expect from me and how to be social as a company. So moving past that point, I think we were probably in September when we moved in like billable hours. So it hasn't been that long, but I also made the decision at that time to move from being a talent agency to an event photo and video production agency. Um, I really still don't even want to call it, can we call it a production house? That makes me feel a little bit better. I just really hate agencies. <laughs> but with that being said, I learned a lot from that experience. And so I'm really grateful for this year because I know that I'm a good manager now. I know that I can manage, you know, many, many people. But I've also realized that I'm 24 years old. And even though I am a creative hustler, I made more money and had a better time being a solo entrepreneur than I did when I was trying to manage other people. And that's not to say that that won't change. There will come a time in my life where I want to have a large company again, or I want to have a company that staffs and has salary for a few couple people. I know that time will come and that time will be necessary, but I just don't think that that time is best spent in my early 20s. I have so many things that I want to experience and learn and to take advantage of. And here's the thing. I have a really good friend and she's actually going to be on the podcast that is a young agency owner. We were kind of doing this thing together in a way, not like we had the same company, but like we call each other up every once in a while and like get each other's advice. Um, and she also questions it. So if you're currently running an agency at a young age and you're questioning, do I even want to do this? You're probably in a place where you don't really want to do it. I can tell you right now that it was a blessing in disguise when so many people just kind of got cut from the company. Um, we still have our portfolio of over 30 plus people. We're actually booking photo, video, and event productions on a consistent basis now. And it's allowed me to have so much more free time and ability to create things that I actually love rather than just trying to constantly generate new business, which is 
exhausting. But hey, if you need a photo, video, or event production, hit up How To Be Social. We're honestly the best in the biz, and I have learned a lot. (laughs) But thank you guys for listening to my story about this year, my lessons learned, if you will. And I hope that maybe you learned something from me. You know, they always say, uh, don't make the same mistakes that somebody else has made. Learn from them. So learn from my mistakes. I've dropped a lot of little golden nuggets throughout this thing about being a first-time agency owner, if that's something that you're looking to do. I assume that everybody listening to this podcast is a creative of some sort and has creative goals and dreams. So if you're anything like me, there you go. There's some golden nuggets of wisdom. Without a further ado, let's go ahead and get into the lessons learned of last season to this season and what's going to be different. First and foremost, we are going to be having more episodes. I am not going to be putting out a straight up schedule. I'm just going to be dropping episodes at least twice a month, maybe sometimes three times a month depending on when we record the episodes. The reason I'm doing this is because I want to keep the podcast content fresh. My really good friend Amanda, she has a podcast called Becoming an Influencer. We were having this chat and she said, no, you want the people to get it right when it's out of the oven, not when it's cold and stale and in your refrigerator and has to be heated up. And to be honest, that is so true. I think that that's one of the things that I wish could have been better about last season. We scheduled out all of our podcasts, and I think that it allowed us to have more time in between, but now that I have more time, I'm going to take it a little bit more seriously and also market it a little bit better because we didn't really market it the way that I wish we would have marketed it. So that's going to be the first thing. We're going to have more episodes. The second thing is that we're going down to 30-minute episodes. We're going to try to keep these episodes much shorter because I don't know if you're listening to this as you're getting up in the morning or if you're going to bed at night or maybe you're listening to this on your lunch break. I want to keep this bite-sized and digestible so that (laughs) – pun. Um, Didn't even mean to. There you go. Anyways, um, that's what I want to do for this season because I think if you guys are anything like me and true creative hustlers, you are always doing something. You've always got your mindset on something to do and I want to make sure that this podcast is giving you as much information as possible in the most smallest amount of time possible so that you are learning and growing with us rather than having to take time out of your schedule to listen to this podcast. I want it to flow with what you do. Lastly, the podcast flow is going to actually be a lot different. We're going to stop doing the interview styles. Rather, we're going to do an outline of content that talks to people about where they're at and what has been impressive about their journey as a creative hustler. Last season, we brought on some really impressive guests, and we always had one of the creatives from our portfolio speaking to you alongside somebody that maybe had already made it or is doing it. This season, we're going straight to the creative hustlers. These are people that are in my close personal network, and I've heard their stories or watched them grow over the years, and I absolutely adore what they've done with their lives or where they're currently at because I think as creative hustlers, you know, we want to be able to relate to somebody. We want to be able to see, hey, if they're doing it, I can do it too because they are no different from me. And not every single one of you listening to this is going to think that you're just like me. Yes, there are going to be some of you that are like, Jules, you're exactly what I want to be and what I want to be like when I grow up. And that's cool. And I've had a lot of people say that to me, and it's very flattering. But honestly, no one is like me. No one will ever be like me, and no one will ever be just like you. I do think there is something to be said for identifying with somebody who is maybe just a couple of steps ahead of you. It can be so easy to look at, you know, the Billie Eilish's of the world or the Mark Cubans of the world or the 
I don't know, name another famous person. <laughs> it's so easy to look at them and be like, well, it's easy for you to say because you're already there. But when you're looking at somebody that's only a couple of steps in front of you, it's much easier to identify and tell yourself, I can make it. I can do it. I know that I can because they are doing it. And so those are the types of people that I'm bringing on the podcast this season. And that's what's going to be a little bit different from last season is that these aren't going to be interviews. These are going to be me talking to people about why they are the way they are, their stories of how they got to where they are today, what their goals and dreams are for the future, and how they plan on achieving them. And maybe, just maybe, they can inspire you to go achieve your dreams too. With that being said, I don't have a lot left to say. That is everything that is going to be on the next season of the Creative Hustlers podcast. We've got people talking about how to move from solo entrepreneur to full-time agency, how to travel for your work. We're going to be talking about going to school in New York for design and so many other things. Um, I'm just so excited to have this podcast be coming back to you for a second season. I'm so happy that you're here and you even want to listen to me again. Like, that's impressive. So thank you guys so, so much from the bottom of my heart. And before I sign off for the first episode of the second season, I do want to tell you guys that I am building a course called Creating a Creative Business, and it is a crash course for anybody that wants to turn their part-time creative hobby into their full-time jobs. Whether you just don't have the confidence or you don't know exactly what to do to get started or how to find your first clients, this course is perfect for you. It is going to give you all the information you could possibly ever need in order to be successful as a creative entrepreneur. If you want to be a part of that, go ahead and DM me at Creator Jewels or at How to Be Social and just say, hey, Creator Jewels, I want to be part of your Creating a Creative Business crash course. The first course starts on December 13th, so if you want to be a part of it, please, please, please DM me as soon as you hear this because the seats are filling up fast. I only am taking 30 spots for the first class, and it is a totally free course for the first 30. That is something I've only announced on this podcast. Everything else has been personal invitations. So make sure that you do that right now. DM me, DM me, DM me, DM me. With that being said, thank you guys so much for listening to this episode. This is Creator Jewels signing off, staying social at a distance, of course. See you all in the next episode.